Well, why don't I, uh, since I'm always in the hottest spot, uh, tell you a little bit and get you warmed up here. I can just let you know that from the dawn of time, the devil has used all sorts of uh, nations and regimes to come against the people of God, God's chosen people, the Jews, starting with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God appeared to a man named Abraham who couldn't have kids and his wife as well and said, from you I am going to bring a nation of people and through you and that nation... I am going to bless the world. And and how did that come to pass? It came to pass by revealing to through the Jews who God was through the scriptures. The scriptures are Jewish. The prophecies are Jewish. The temple worship, Jewish. The Psalms, Jewish. And then the ancestry from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob comes the Messiah, who through his Divine nature is God. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit and in every way equal to God. But through his human nature, he is traced back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And all the way down to blood speaking, speaking through DNA, related, the Son of God related to the Jews and manifested himself as a Jewish man. So if anybody has a friend in high places, it ought to be the Jews uh, because of his connection uh, in his human nature. And so all that to say, not only that, on top of that, that the entire history of the world, its future destiny, thy kingdom come, as we've been praying for 2,000 years, is tied to the Jewish nation. Where does the end of the world as we know it happen? Not in Ireland or, or wherever. Sorry if you're Irish. I didn't mean anything by that. I'm just saying it happens in a valley called Megiddo, Armageddon. Uh, so the apocalypse itself takes place where? Not in Ohio and, and not in South America. It takes place with the Jewish land, with the Jewish people. And in that day, all Israel shall be saved. Romans chapter 11 and verse 26, meaning at the end of the apocalypse, the Jewish nation cries out for Yeshua, and they are, according to the scriptures, they are converted, a mass conversion. And so now, you know why, as the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against dark powers, spiritual forces of evil, authorities in unseen unseen realms. So behind the nations, behind Pharaoh and his uh, desire to wipe Israel off the face of the earth before there was an Israel, they're on their way to the promised land and already Pharaoh uh, is after them. And once they get in the promised land, it's just <laughs> century after century after century after century all the way. And this is what we'll be talking about. Are we? Yes. Aron. Yes. They, they hear you every Sunday. Can you step uh. over and give me a chance? <laughs> I, I love you in the Lord, but out of the Lord, not so much right now. 
Hey, listen, uh, to my, in my defense, I, I don't see you on the screen behind me as usual. There's just a blue uh, star of David. So I didn't even know you were up and running. Welcome. Great to be with you. Thank you. All right, brother. Just to give you some guidance, we are gonna I'm going to ask you just to refresh our memories about how an, a nice boy from New Zealand, a nice Jewish boy, uh, was born and raised sort of in New Zealand, wound up in your mother country and doing what you do, making you such a, a real expert on all things Jewish. And then we want to talk about the update. Of course, it's been a week and one day. Uh, since uh, all chaos broke out there and the shock and the grief of it all uh, bring us up to speed. And then, of course, we're going to ask about Hamas and uh, what the Palestinian root of that problem all uh, is biblically and uh, practically, of course. And then we'll end on a little up... <laughs> Up note of uh, how we might encourage you and hear about your family and how you how you're taking uh, this as well. So why don't you refresh our memories again? You spoke here once and you guided us through two tours all through the Promised Land. And so yeah, just refresh our memories. Well, firstly, I spoke there twice, but it's nice to feel appreciated. Well, yeah. To remember. <laughs> all right. <laughs> nice. Um, hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, everyone, hi, shalom, and I see so many familiar faces. It's a blessing. Thanks, Ross, for inviting me to do this, and, and guys for standing with us here. Um, for those who don't know who I am, uh, I was born in New Zealand into a Jewish family. I came to faith when I was 19. Uh, I immigrated to Israel about 32 years ago. Um, I have been an Israeli tour guide for the last about 16 years. Uh, this is where I met Ross and some of you who came on tours. Um, and then uh, the last year and a half, I've been also working as an Israeli correspondent uh, on uh, Frank Speech Television, part of Mike Lindell's television, giving weekly updates. And now that's turned to daily updates because of the war here. Uh, but uh, for now, uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm just reporting, and doors are opening for me to do that because I'm not guiding. All the airports are closed. All tourists have been cancelled, um, and uh, we're at war. We're at war in two fronts, uh, down in the south in the Gaza Strip, up in the north now. Uh, it's just broken out on the Lebanese border. Um, and there are a, a couple of other fronts that could well break out as well. One is on our eastern border, Jordan, and one is in uh, Samaria, part of the West Bank. So but this all, so, uh, so this took us all, and you especially by surprise, take us back to uh, uh, how it broke out and some of the statistics and, and where you are, are today as a Jewish people and your friends and family. Everyone, Saturday morning, it was insane. If some of you remember where you were on September 11, you'll probably know that feeling of shock, uh, despair, uh, grief. How did this happen? Uh, how could the, our enemies plan this? Uh, it was it was just a shock. It was traumatic. And then what has 
been revealed since then the the brutality of it the 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 nature of it uh is just beyond words and we're still grieving we're still we're at, we're at war but we're still burying our children our grandparents our our babies our uh, grandchildren mm. and watching on the news every day funerals um is just it's beyond comprehension people are saying this is the worst time for us jewish people since the holocaust mm. your secretary of defense lloyd austin was here a couple of days with the uh secretary of state anthony blinken and he said he said i know isis and he said hamas are worse than isis mm. so it's just been a, a an unbelievable week and we're still catching our breath but we don't have time to catch our breath because we're fighting for our existence about 400,000 Israelis have been called up reservists many of them have had to fly back that's not so easy just to push a button and get a flight it's been a real challenge mm-hmm. but it just shows the fortitude of the people it shows the urgency of the hour we are at war it's a brutal war mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you not only with Hamas, why don't you explain a little bit about who Hamas is and and what the problem is and also Hezbollah's in the north and and they're they've got a similar goal but they're two distinct entities, Hezbollah. And didn't you just I think just now declare war with Hezbollah? Correct. We we uh Benjamin Netanyahu Uh, he said actually Hamas declared war on us and we have transferred from a conflict to a war and he said every Hamas man you're a dead man and i'm telling you we yeah. are determined we must win this war we must avenge the blood that has been shed and guys this is not revenge this is justice here mm. we are forced into this war we did not start this war but we don't have a choice because 1500 to 2000 terrorists islamic jihad uh suicide squads mm-hmm. were sent into israel they were given $100 each to do whatever they want to men women and children mm-hmm. we don't have a choice but to fight back and to crush this enemy and anyone who stands with them hezbollah who are basically funded by the Iranians they are standing with Hamas they are firing missiles over in the last 2 hours we have had five anti-tank missiles fired over so we have declared war on Hezbollah this is what they want this is what they'll get and those so those we, missiles those missiles would from could be coming over those mountains on the mural behind you uh that's where they're coming now right so right behind me is the golan heights there's the sea of galilee the golan heights is syria right if you go to um if you if you go to the northern part of those mountains you will get to lebanon and that's where hezbollah are uh, located and uh, l- listen whether you're hezbollah whether you're hamas whether you're islamic jihad whether you are the iranians this is they're all part of a, a religion that was born in the 7th century mm-hmm. called islam and they have a a a goal 
they have a um, uh, what's the word? Charter. I'm for their charter. <laughs> agenda. Agenda was the word, or charter. Uh, that uh, the infidels, who does whoever does not submit to Allah and His ways, is an enemy. But Ross and everyone, this goes even deeper than that. Mm -hmm. I believe this is something very spiritual, demonic. Mm -hmm. Yes, Islam is just a face. But let me tell you, there are confederations of enemies that are siding with Muslims. The Russians are siding with Hamas. Mm -hmm. There is a confederation on our northern border, China. You've got Turkey. You've got Iran. You've got Russia. You've got Hezbollah. Some people are saying this could be Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 coming into our play, the Gog and Magog war. Right. But we can go right back to when Abraham was given a promise to have a, a son and there would be blessing through that son, uh, but they couldn't have that son. So Sarah told Abraham to go and sleep with Hagar. And Abraham listened to her, and he slept with her, and Ishmael was born. Mm. And when Ishmael was born, God said he will be a wild donkey of a man, and he will fight against his brothers, and then he will shake them off. So you can go back to that. Uh, simply because one man listened to his wife, Ross, what can I say? <laughs> but anyhow... Um, You know, that's unfair to do because you're in in a safe place, actually, <laughs> as dangerous as it is. <laughs> well, just as yeah. long as my wife isn't listening to this. Yeah. But anyhow, um, and then a little bit down the road, um, uh, Rebecca was pregnant with twins. Right. And God said, in your belly are two nations, and they will fight with each other. So... Even in the scriptures, uh, it was in a way, it, it was foreknown that this is how it was going to work itself out. Right. Today, there are just many different candy-coated uh, uh, entities of people that are fighting against God's people. There was a Pharaoh. There was a Haman. There was a Antiochus Epiphanes IV. Mm. There was a Hitler. Now we have Hamas and other people. Who hate? In fact, the Bible says one day there's going to be an antichrist, and there's going to be many antichrists, and there's going to be the spirit of antichrist, a spirit that is against God, against His Word, against His Messiah, and against His people. Not just the Jewish people, but the the body of the Messiah, the the Church, the people who stand for God's Word, the Judeo-Christian values. Right now. Yeah, all the while, all the while, you know, we, as Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not about the human faces. It's about the dark powers behind that. That if there's no Israel, then there's a breach of scripture, and there's no people to come and rescue. And the, and so, you know, as if he can thwart the plan of God, but he's certainly trying to do so using all of these uh, hateful, misinformed, unbelieving hearts. Exactly, Ross. And that's why, you know, you're living in California there, and you may think, well, what's Israel? Why is it so important? What's it so relevant to me? Guys, it is relevant to you 
because this is the place that the Lord is coming back. This is where end-time prophecy is going to work itself out. Mm-hmm. So it is totally relevant to you, and, uh, and this is why there is so much opposition to it. And in the, books, in the book of Zechariah, the prophets, the last four chapters, all the nations are going to come against Jerusalem and fight against her. And we're seeing the, the signs of this happening, like the Lord gave a, a, a picture of a woman in uh, giving birth, a pregnant woman, going through the different stages of, of, of birth pangs. Mm-hmm. And we're certainly start, starting to see some. So what do we help us with this whole spin on social media from leftists, from uh, those who are woke and uh, spinning things as uh, the Jews are the problem and the, and the Palestinians are the victims. And in fact, why don't you just, most people don't know where the term uh, Palestine comes from. And certainly there's only three ways God called that tract of land, Canaan in the ancient times, and then it was Judea or Judah and Israel. And there's no mention of Palestine in the Bible or in the Quran. So your comments. Yeah, so um, in the second century AD, 135, uh, a Roman emperor who really hated the Jews. His name was Hadrian. Mm-hmm. He changed the name of the land at that day. He changed the name of Jerusalem to Elia Capitolina, not named after his family name, Elia. And then he changed the whole region, which was called Judea, to Palestina Secunda. And he, uh, historians and academics and scholars believe that the reason why he changed it is he wanted to remind the Jewish people of one of their arch enemies, the Philistines. That's where we get the name Palestina, Philistine. So for 1,800 years, Mm -hmm. until the state of Israel was born in 1948, that land was called Palestina or Palestine. It was not named after any ancient people called the Palestinians. In fact, nobody in those 1800 years was fighting for a national Palestine or a Mm. Palestinian homeland. It was only when Israel became a nation, where the United Nations gave their stamp of approval, with the Americans, Harry Truman, voting in favor for the state of Israel. Once the state of Israel was born, all the surrounding Arab peoples and the people living in the land at that time, they refused that United Nations vote. And they said, no, we don't want to call ourselves Israelis. We want to call ourselves Palestinians. And so that's where it became politicized. It was never politicized. So that's how it's always been. And little Israel back then was looked upon as the little David and all the Arab nations were looked upon as the Goliath. But as we've grown, as our army has grown, mm-hmm. as our technology has grown, as our water, our agriculture, uh, our high tech, our prosthetics, our, our, um, our uh, medical uh, ingenuity, uh, biotech, science uh, has improved, we are now looked upon as 
the Goliath, and these pawns in the hands of the Arab world, these Palestinians, are looked upon as the poor little David. And by the way, our Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he declared war on Hamas and the Gaza Strip. He said, we are going to drive out Hamas once and for all. We have dropped leaflets. We are warning uh, Palestinian people, get out, move into the southern part of the Gaza Strip. Until now, 650,000 at least Palestinians have moved. Hamas are not allowing some of the Palestinians to leave. Mm -hmm. They are going to be using them as human shield. And Mm -hmm. that way, what's going to happen, everyone, right now, the world has great sympathy for Israel. But you watch, you mark my words. The moment we start pounding the Gaza Strip, and there's going to be innocent victims that lose their lives, much to our regret, the narrative is going to change. Mm-hmm. The narrative is not only going to go to it being on an equal, what Hamas did to what we're doing, but it's going to go back to the poor, suffering Palestinian victim. This is a guerrilla war. This is a PR war. Henry Kissinger said, this is a war that the Palestinians can't win militarily and the Israelis very difficult to win politically. But we don't care anymore what the politics, what woke, what the world says. Golda Meir said, the Israelis have to choose whether they want to be alive and the world hates them, or they be dead and the world loves them. We're choosing life. We say when we lift the glass, L'chaim, the life. Well, in choosing life, it's been a a hard road from 1948, uh, May 14th there, you know. So why don't you just just go over quickly all the struggles and how God has been faithful to to have his hand upon the, the state of Israel. From 1948 until now, there's been some pretty heavy actions. Yeah. Well, now that I've got all of that off my chest, I can relax. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah. no, you should be the you're you're you should be a national spokesperson for the glory of Israel and the glory of God. I'll tell you that you got the fire. This is, well, uh, I just want to say that this is the man when I first met him, he said, oh, you're a Jew. And I said, yeah, how did you know? You looked at my last name. And you said, no, we could hide Moses, but not the noses. <laughs> you know? Right. I just used that That's on right. somebody in the lobby. I, I, I knew he was a Jew, and I walked up to him, and yes, I was right, and I used your joke on him. <laughs> and, and then he left. Just kidding. He's still here. Okay, I interrupted you. Yeah, you can answer now. (laughs) Nobody can hide a schnoz like yours, Ross. (laughs) But anyway. Oh, Lord, bless my enemies. (laughs) So, you know, um, what was the question? The wars. The wars, the you know, the constant uh, amazing things, you know, from day one. Wasn't it the last? It was was the next day. The next day you were in war. After guys, listen. If you put if you put the 75 years of the state of Israel since 1948 until 2023, 
we're talking 75 years. If you put that story in the Bible, it would just fit perfectly because you could talk about how mm-hmm. we were fighting and we came from the ashes of the Holocaust. We had no water. The day after David Ben-Gurion declared independence, there were 200 million Arabs that attacked us. We had very little water, very little weapons. Uh, it was impossible, but we weathered the storm. 1967, we won in six days. 1973, the Yom Kippur War, when all the 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 uh, the tide was against us. 1982, and so on and so on. You. You cannot look at the state of Israel and say it was by our might, it was by our strength. Yes, we have a great military. We have good fighters. We have great uh, 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 amount of the population that are believers in God and follow his, his ways. But clearly you see the hand of God. Even in the 67 and 73 Yom Kippur wars, you get stories told, not just by Israelis, but, the, but by the Egyptians, by the Syrians, miraculous stories that even military analysts or historians, they cannot explain away. And that's my prayer during this war, everyone. This is not about us. As I said before, this is not about vengeance. This is about justice. We were forced into this war. We did not start it. And we are going to fight it. We are going to drive out our enemies so that we have secure borders. That's all we want. We want to live at peace. The psalmist said, we look for peace, but our enemies look for war. We have a right to defend ourselves. And so we do our part. There's a proverb. I think it's Proverbs 21.1. It says, the horse prepares for battle, but victory is of the Lord. And one of my favorite videos that I saw since this war began, and I've watched a lot of horrific videos of mothers and fathers weeping, burying their children, and the opposite, children burying their parents, babies burned alive, mutilated, decapitated, raped, horrific scenes. And it's still going on. There's a woman. One of my favorite videos. Sorry, there's a woman of, who's one, missing five of her kids, right? One, one woman I saw interviewed, all five of her children are kidnapped. They're in captivity. Mm. What she's going through, over 120 Israelis are still in captivity. Mm. And uh, Americans as well, by the way. But the video that, for me, really spoke was the one where you've got a half a screen the top half was our soldiers, our Air Force, fighting in the battle. And the second half of the screen showed our religious people in the synagogues, praying, reading the scriptures, singing songs, cheering that God is with us, God is on our side. And that reminded me of when Joshua was in the battle, mm-hmm. fighting against the Amalekites. And it was Moses, Aaron and Ur up on the mountain, praying and how they had to work side by side. When Moses, Aaron, and Ur dropped their hands, the battle Mm. was losing. When they lifted them up, Joshua was strengthened. And Joshua, everyone in Hebrew, Yehoshua, is the same meaning as the word for Jesus, Yeshua, which means salvation. Joshua is the captain of the army of the hosts of the Lord. Mm. He's in the battle fighting. And our Yeshua the captain of the army of the host of the Lord. 
He is fighting for us. He is a man of war. Exodus chapter 15, it says, Adonai Shmo, Ish Milchama. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. That's Don't right. get confused and say the Old Testament God is different from the New Testament God. He is not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is fighting for us, and he's going to get the glory. This is not about Israel, everyone. This is not about Israel and the Jewish people. This is about the glorification of God's name. As mm -hmm. Ezekiel said, that the nations may know that I am the Lord. Amen. This is about him. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yes, indeed. And, you know... We love that scripture, you know, the death knell of church replacement theology is the chapter Romans 11 that he asked, Paul says, well, what, what's up with the Jews now? Uh, is God done with them? And then he says, God forbid, of course not. And the whole chapter on that culminates with verse 26 that says, no, in that day, the veil will be lifted and all of Israel shall be saved. Not every last Jew but the nation as a whole will turn through the pressures of times like these uh, to their Messiah and uh, become a Christian nation comments yeah and this, this is part of that picture of a, of a woman giving birth that is, God, that is already being birthed it happened on the day of Pentecost when the first 3,000 believers were Jews but in the last 1900 years God has been primarily working among the Gentile nations hmm. but Paul says when the times of the Gentiles right. are fulfilled then all Israel is going to be saved so we're waiting to see it we have about 40,000 Jewish people like myself who are believers in Yeshua Jesus when I immigrated 32 years ago we were only about 2,000 now wow. we're about 40,000 there's about 130,000 Jews who believe in Jesus in, in America. So more and more Jews are coming to faith. And one day is, there's going to be national salvation. The other thing is there are Muslims being saved as well wow. in the Middle East. And this is part of our prayer. We need to pray for salvation on both sides. We don't want war. We don't want to kill. After all, these are our cousins. Jacob and Esau were brothers. We, they're they're our, our cousins, everyone. Right. But there is evil. There's evil that's been spewing out. And uh, we have no choice. We have to fight against this evil. That's right. And tell us a little bit about your family uh, struggles right now because you've got some children, right? I have three out of my four. They are serving in the army. Uh, please pray for them. Uh, <clears throat> I have not been called up. I'm a retired sergeant. I doubt if I will be called up unless there's an all-out, full-scale war from all fronts. Right. Uh, it's just very, very intense. One of it's, your there's sons. There's so many emotions. One of your sons' special forces, right? Special unit there. He is. He is. He is, Ross. He is. I can't say anything more than that. But he particularly, please pray for him, uh, protecting uh, protecting angels and that he would uh, be, be covered. Um, the, all the airports have closed. All 
uh, tourism has closed, uh, uh, cancellations are coming. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, just doing correspondence work, speaking on a number of television places, right. churches. What's the average uh, Jewish person who, uh, I mean, are coffee shops open? Is the mall open? Are they going out to eat? Or what's it like there? And what's the feeling in the communities that you are a part of? So it really depends where you are. If you're living on the border of the Gaza Strip, it's a nightmare. Right. It's a nightmare that the children, the, the parents, they're still in bunkers. They're living in bunkers. They show uh, journalists going into the bunkers, interviewing them. Right. They're, they're besides themselves. It's, it's, it's traumatic. On the border of Gaza, still off a, a city, 100% of the children suffer trauma. Uh, and so depending on where you are. Now, where I'm living up in the north, uh, not up in the very north, but um, it's relatively peaceful. So, for example, in the center of the town here, there's a few shops open, a few restaurants. People have to eat. There are supermarkets open, gas stations, things like that open. But uh, in general, all government offices, banks, post offices, uh, unless you want to do it online mm. or, uh, or through the, yeah, online, Pretty much everything is closed down. It's a national state of emergency. This is war. And then what is the kind of t talk among you there in your community? Are, are people just, uh, are they afraid? Are they just kind of panicked? Or are they upbeat at all? Or what's the mood? Again, again, it really depends what circle you're in. Pretty much everyone knows someone that's been either mutilated, killed, kidnapped, wow. a relative of a relative. The building where I live last night, uh, I was talking to the security guard. He told me his nephew, no one knows where, he's at, where he is. He was at the party on the border fence. He's either being murdered or he's kidnapped. No one knows where he is. Wow. So it really depends. I've sp I, I speak to, uh, went to a money changer the other day. The guy, he's waiting to be called up. Uh, he's he actually he's a, in a special uh, unit where he lia he's liaises between uh, the Americans and the Israelis. And for those of you who don't know, here now are two American aircraft carriers, Eisenhower and I think it's Gerald Ford, right. with hundreds of American planes, hundreds B-52 bombers, ground infantry. We say thank you, America. Not thank you for giving the $6 billion to the Iranians who funneled it Whoops. through to Hamas. But thank you for the soldiers and the aircraft and the help that you're sending to us here. By the way, Anthony Blinken, your Secretary of State, who was here a few days ago, he gave a very moving speech. Get on YouTube and watch it. He, I didn't know, but his grandfather is a Holocaust survivor. So he is taking this very, very personally not just politically. And he said, we are for you. And he said, Israel, we know that you can fight this by yourselves because you're strong, but we don't want you to fight it by yourself. We want to be with you. It was very, very well received. Amen. So, you know, 
we, we have heard and we heard your wonderful prime minister say uh, that Israel will fight not like Gaza fights, but you will fight with uh, the, the um, Keneva, uh, Keneva. Geneva. Geneva <laughs> Convention. Don't mix the G and the C there. Uh, yeah, and you guys are humanitarian in nature, even when you go in like that. You mentioned the leaflets have been, you want to help them, uh, the civilians, to get to safety, uh, but, uh, you know, this is war. But we, the world appreciates how you guys don't retaliate like animals. You know, you're just going to settle, right. settle the score and protect yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Innocent people will be killed, sadly. Uh, that's sadly the nature of war. But yeah. we are doing everything we can without being perfect to work within the parameters of human rights, the Geneva Convention, the rules of war. We're doing all we can. Uh, but, but war is ugly. And as I say, innocent people will get killed. And you know what? I mentioned this earlier that Hamas are not letting people leave the Gaza Strip because they're using Palestinians right. as human shields. When we drop bombs, they're going to get killed. The world is going to then compare what Hamas have done to what we're about to do. And we don't care. We, if people don't believe that that's what Hamas's strategy is, if they want to close their eyes and be blind, they can. We don't care. We don't, we don't have a choice. We're going to do what we can. If people choose to uh, believe a different narrative or a false narrative, we can't stop that. Well, you are getting emails from even Christians that are very hostile. I am, because people think that the New Testament God is different from the Old Testament God, that he's just a God of lovey, lovey, preach the gospel, and don't do anything to defend yourself. Yeah. And I, I, that's yeah. almost like saying, preach love to someone who's starving or without clothes and not doing anything to help him. We can't sit back and, defend, and not defend ourselves here, Ross. Right. We have to defend ourselves. Now, here's the deal that they all also forget. Now, when Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to the human heart about loving your enemies. He's not speaking to an, a nation. He, this isn't a political message. Nations operate Absolutely. differently, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question. And this is a centuries-old question about some Christians who become pacifists, some become activists, uh, that's something that we've all got to work out in our own walk with the Lord. I'm certainly not a pacifist, as you may have picked up. <laughs> we, we have picked that up. So, Anand, uh, we've got to wrap things up now. And so how would you point us in the scriptures to uh, uh, take heart and to not let our hearts um, be afraid, but to trust in God and trust also in the Lord? Everyone, you know, uh, Moses said, I set before you death and life, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Mm. All of us have challenges in life. And notice what Moses said. He said, I have set before you death and life. 
Everything is under the control of God, everyone. Hmm. He allows death and life, blessing and cursing to come across our path. He doesn't always orchestrate it, but he allows it. If we start off on that level, that means that we can trust and rest no matter what happens. But the challenge in the midst of the death, in the midst of the curse, we have a choice and we can choose life. Mm. So in our case, we are choosing life. The path to life means that we actually have to go to war, but the end result will be life. So everyone... Uh, whatever you're going through, choose life, choose the right path to, to go by and trust that God is in control, that his prophetic word is being worked out. Jesus, Yeshua, he is coming back. And that's the baby. The baby's on the way. There's going to be a lot of pain along the way. The path is going to be painful. You ladies know this better than us men. Yes. It's going to be painful. It's going to be intense. But the baby, Yeshua, Jesus, he's coming back. The last verse of the New Testament, Maranatha, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Since you brought up the analogy, I would say the contractions are two minutes apart. What do you think? I mean, the, the water could have been broken, uh, but, but there's no turning back, man. There's just no turning back. Uh, I would just say that now is not the time to be distracted and going after the things of the world or morally compromised in our own personal sin and uh, living a, a careless Christian life. Now's not the time to do that. It would be very bad timing and a lack of spiritual discernment uh, to, to not see Ross, the signs of the time. Please. Yeah, not only that, Ross, but uh, and I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a doomsday preacher, but all I would say to you people in the United States is if Hamas were on our border and they penetrated through our borders, you may or may not know this, but there are a lot of people who belong to Hamas who are in the United States right now. And you need to be on guard. You need to be on alert. You need to be, you know, they say that what happened uh, eight, eight, nine days ago was like our 9-11. Right. And people are saying that, uh, that there's another 9-11 coming, not only in America, but in Europe. Look, look what's happened as a result of our fighting back. There are protests all around the world. Unbelievable. People are pro-Hamas. Yeah. Even though they know what they've done. Chopping off the heads of 40 babies, everyone. Burning them alive. Videoing, torturing yep. people. Sending the videos yep. to the families. This right. is what they're doing. And people still are pro-Hamas. And Hamas are in your borders. They're inside of America. You need to pray. You need to be on guard more than ever. That's right. And and the greatest thing of all for the church is God's promise. Revelation 
3 and verse 10 that says, uh, because you have trusted me and you're faithfully walking with me, I will uh, spare you. I will keep you from the hour of tribulation that's come upon the world, you see. And so that with the promises of Jesus saying, you know, in that day, everybody's going to be distracted uh, and, you know, uh, getting married and given in marriage uh, as in the days of Noah. And so we, we link that to the great promise that we who have been paid for the wrath of God has been paid for the church and so that we get a pass from the worst of it called the great tribulation and that he will remove us from harm's way and make sure that we are taken care of and so uh, we we look forward to um, God's rescue as he's promised us the yeah yeah you know from the day that we were born everyone we have a destination, and that's death. We're all on that road. It, the big question is, is how, how are we going to die? How is it going to happen? We don't know. That's not in our hands. But I remember, and maybe I could end on this, uh, about seven or eight years ago, I happened to uh, guide uh, an ex-Australian uh, professional uh, NFL uh, receiver from the San Francisco 49ers, Jared Hayne. And he came and I was able to guide him, just a, a, a private tour. And while we were here, while we were here, he, um, uh, all, uh, there, was a, there was an uprising that broke out and we were watching it on television. Actually, it was when Donald Trump announced that he was going to move the American embassy to Jerusalem mm. and all hell broke out and he was looking and he was really disturbed. And at the end of the tour, he said this to me. He said, you know, Aaron, he said, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is not only finding something in life to live for, but also something in life to die for. Amen. And we need to find what God is calling us to do and live it and work it out and give out everything for it. Mm. And that can be in a, in a hundred different ways. But the, the, the time is short, and, and there's a lot of darkness out there, and we are called the light of the world. That's our call. And Amen. so we need to shine in the darkness and let our light shine. Amen. And with that... <laughs> brother, uh, we are going to take a love offering as we call it and we're gonna uh, bless you we know your your way of making a living is uh, over or suspended uh, for now and so we're gonna be praying and supporting you all right bye bye Iran we'll we'll be praying and bye bye miss thank you everyone God bless you Shalom Shalom thank we you, love everyone. you Oh man, there's a scripture in Ephesians chapter 3 that says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or think. So let's pray. Father God, what a gift uh, this service was to kind of settle our hearts and hear the story, the, the struggle of the nation that you chose not, not just to bless them, but to bless the world. They are the door through which you came to reach 
the entire planet. We just thank you for the Jewish people and what they've been through. And Lord, we do pray that through the process you would remove the veil that still to this day keeps them from trusting the 40,000 now call you Lord there in the promised land. We pray for Iran, his family, and his four kids. Lord, that your hand would be upon them. And as Iran said, angels, angels to guard them as is written in your word that you do send ministering spirits, Lord, called angels to uh, those to uh, serve those who will inherit salvation. So we do pray for their protection. Thank you, Lord, that we are enjoying safety here. But as Aran said, we all have an appointed day. And the good news, we're indestructible until that day where you're done with using us to glorify you and to serve your purposes. So let us rest in that, God. There's no place for fear. Your perfect love casts out fear. So help us, Lord, to pray daily. Uh, for the peace of Jerusalem, for the protection of uh, those we love near and dear to our hearts over in Israel. Just think of the work of the Jews for Jesus, God, there, and the uh, friends, uh, Jeff Morgan and his family. And um, Lord, we just pray your hand upon them and our, our brother Elijah there with Jews for Jesus who got called up and needs to go fight. We pray for them as well. So bless us, God, as we seek to be supportive in every way we can and to walk with you, to give you all the glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You've been listening to The Rocks Podcast. Our regular services are held on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you'd like to learn more, please visit our website at cctherock.org.